0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to Board Games FM, powered by Theology of Games. I'm AJ Skifstad, and I'm going to talk about a game that I played last night. Um, It's an older game that was released, or published, by Dice Hate Me. It was released in 2013, uh, so it's not new, uh, but it was new to me, but not to you, probably. It was a game called Compounded. Compounded's theme was chemistry-based. Uh, which actually kind of uh, was a turnoff at the beginning of the game. I just thought, I was not good at chemistry in high school. I probably will not be good at this game either. I don't want to think that hard. But um, it, it wasn't that way at all. In fact, it was, it was really easy to play, and um, the theme was really, really good. Uh, Number one, the fact that um, our scoreboard was the periodic table of elements was really quite cool. It just looked good, and uh, I I liked moving along that track as I was scoring points, but the game was simple. It had a kind of Splendor feel, where there were uh, 16 cards out on the table, and they were all compounds that we were trying to create using elements. And you could lay claim to those elements, just like you would by taking a gold uh, coin in Splendor, or a gold gem in Splendor, you can lay claim to a card and take it, Um, but then you would use your uh, elements that you had to complete those cards for victory points, just like you would in Splendor. You'd use the gems you have to uh, complete cards. Um, There was a lot more to this though than Splendor, which was what I really liked. Uh, we had four beakers in front of us. One was called discovery, the second was study, the third was research, and the fourth was lab. In the discovery phase, in that beaker, we were allowed to take elements from the bag. And there's different colors to create different combinations for the compounds. But at the beginning of the game, you can only take two because you're at the lowest level of your beaker. And then in the study phase, you're allowed to lay claim using one token at the beginning of the game to show that I am claiming this compound. Nobody else can work on it but me. And then in the study phase, you'll take the elements that you have and you'll place them onto the compounds, hoping that you can complete one. and then finally, the lab phase, you'll, cl- you'll collect victory points and any other rewards. Some of the rewards are allowing you to go up levels on your beaker. Um, so if you go up on your discovery beaker, you're going to be able to take more gems from the bag next next time, or, or more elements from the bag. If you go up on the study beaker, you're going to be allowed to lay claim to more cards on your next turn. If you go up on the... Uh, on the... R- research beaker i think then you're able to um place more of your elements out onto the cards so you have to keep these balanced because even though you're taking in a lot of elements it doesn't mean that you can place them all there's also in the lab beaker allows you to hold more elements for later use you're only allowed to hold four at the beginning on your own player board but you can expand your uh your storage with with the lab beaker which is the last one and so it was a really cool game. You're collecting other tokens that can enhance your game like a Bunsen burner, which could possibly burn somebody else's element before they complete it or their compound before they complete it. It was really cool, it played really smoothly. We had a great time doing it and the theme was really immersive. I mean, <clears throat> we were actually taking elements and creating compounds out on the on the player board. And uh, we were gaining experience as we did it that would allow us to do more in the future. I liked this game a lot, it played smooth, I didn't really have any problems with it. The components were really good for a small box game, the game game is kind of a smaller game. Some of the pieces are a little bit fiddly because they're so small, like the fire tokens were, they were super tiny, and I didn't like that, but, but the components, based upon the size of the game, were good. They were sturdy, they looked good, the colors were good. Um, I felt like I was playing a scientific game, really liked it, um, had a blast with it. So if you haven't checked out Compounded, it might be something you're interested in. If you want, I I felt like it had even a a greater strategic element than Century Spice Road, which is a newer game that kind of has that Splendor feel as well, often called the Splendor Killer. Um, I feel like I like this better than both of those games. So if you're interested in it, check out Compounded. And uh, that's all for now. Check you later.
1: Good morning, everyone. It's Firestone here with Board Games FM, powered by TheologyOfGames.com. I know AJ talked about a game he played called Compounded this morning, and I thought I'd drop in and talk about a game I played on Tuesday that's kind of a new hot game called Gaia Project. It's basically Terra Mystica in Space, sort of. Uh, if you're not familiar with Terra Mystica, it's a game where each person plays a different race and you're trying to expand on a map and build buildings for points and go up on these cultist tracks that don't make any sense at all. <laughs> and um, each race has different special abilities. And it's a. Oh, one of the cool mechanics is there are these three bowls, and you move magic from bowl 1 to bowl 2, and then from bowl 2 to bowl 3, and once it's in 3, it's kind of powered, and you can move it back to bowl 1 to kind of spend that power to buy things, build things, do things in the game, and so that's one of the kind of core mechanisms. Gaia Project is very similar, and but the theme makes a little more sense, and uh, so, for instance, the track the cultist track in Terra Mystica doesn't make any sense. I don't know why it's there. It's, they needed a track. Let's call it cultists that are moving up there. But here, there are tracks that will let you do things uh, in the in the realm of the, of the space game. So, oh, you can you're better at navigation. You're better at trade. You're better at these kind of things. The tracks make more sense here, and I like them better. Um, the the races are a mixed bag because they didn't just port over the racial abilities from Terra Mystica. Um, but thematically, Terra Mystica is better in my opinion because. You can say, oh, I'm a dwarf, or I'm a witch, or I'm a sea person. And th- it makes sense why your special ability will allow you to do something because of that. In Gaia Project, the, the races are just kind of these weird science fiction ones, and so you don't know why the robots, for instance, have their board in a different configuration than everyone else, um, other than I guess they're not living or ma- matter, and so they're a little bit different, I don't know. Um, one of the races... Let you spend power tokens, when you moved them from bowl 3, in this case area 3 to, to area 1, they counted as 2 power. But the race didn't make sense for that, it, it was just kind of a generic race with the cool power. I was these weird space chickens that were good at uh, diplomacy and trade, so I started a little higher on one of the tracks, and I could actually spend money instead of power to purchase things, and I got tons of money in the game. Again, why would space chickens be have that? I don't have any idea. but. So, that's a little bit of a mixed bag, but um, it's not something that detracts from it in any way. One of the things that makes Gaia Project probably a better game is that it's a variable setup. In Terra Mystica, there was a static map, and then the expansion came with a different map with two sides, but still, for the most part, everything was going to play out similar, similarly. In this, there's variable map that will, so every game will kind of be different, because the configuration will be different, and another variable setup thing is there are these uh, tiles that give you different bonuses and so forth. There are two sets of them, one at the bottom of the track and one at the top. The ones at the bottom will all be different because you will put them out in different order each game. And then the ones at the top are different, um, including the fact that they're a subset of a larger set. So you'll have different ones in the game and at the top of different tracks. This doesn't make a whole lot of sense as I'm just describing it, but the point is, there is tons of replayability and variability in the Gaia Project. And it's one of the reasons I think it's a better game than Terra Mystica. Now, one of the comparisons has been Agricola versus Caverna. Agricola is a great game. I love Agricola. And then I played Caverna and thought, "Ah, oh, crap, I don't have to play Agricola again. Which wasn't quite true because my kids uh, are still at a kind of an Agricola level, whereas Caverna is arguably a better game. Terra Mystica is still a fun game. I still like it. But at the end of the day, if, I, if I'm as a gamer, I'm gonna pick one of these games. It's gonna be Gaia Project. There are just better things about it. The the tracks make more sense. The variability in every game. The um, it, it just overall it's a better game. And it, they seem to have kind of um, honed off some of the rough edges to make it m- not more streamlined, but it just feels like a tighter game. Even though it's probably more complex and probably deeper than Terra Mystica, it feels like it's polished more. So. All that to say, if you like Terra Mystica, there's no reason not to play Gaia Project. And if you like kind of engine building, um, not 4X, but expansion games with different variable powers, check out Gaia Project. It's super fun. Have a great day. We'll talk to you later. Bye.